Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we're sitting May 14th already. Amazing. The time is flying by. The weather is great. Um, you can actually feel the warmth out there at 9 a.m., which is, we haven't had that for a while. It's been, we're a little bit late. Actually, I was talking to uh, to a neighbor and uh, he works in the fertilizer industry and he was saying all across North America, everything's about two weeks behind. So we're falling in trend with everything. So uh, we're all going to get there. We might be just a few days behind than we were before, but it's uh, it's looking good now. And it's kind of amazing how Calgary can flip the switch back and forth from from winter one day to uh, to summer the next. And uh, and uh, this I got a, I got a buddy of mine. And here's a quick congrats to the to the Edmonton Oilers. Hey. Um, look out, Kyrie's coming next. So, hey, we'll have some fun, hopefully, if uh, we both get to the next round. So, Go Flames Go tonight. A little bit of that going on in, in the city, all over the place. So, um, incorporate that in your gardens. Come pick up some red flowers. Let's, uh, let's get the sea of red going all over, all over Calgary with all our flowers. That'd be awesome. All right, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to pull up Jen. And she's down there with all her red flowers and uh, everything else going on. <laughs> go flames, go! Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know who I'm talking about when my who comes and visits Dwayne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <so, laughs> yes, I know you win. and Dwayne. You. If I if I if, if they if they don't if they don't win, I'm in trouble. Uh -oh. oh my! Oh my! <laughs> oh Merle, how are Anyways. you? I'm doing good, you know. I uh, it's good to uh, see the temperature staying warm overnight. Ooh. I was able to sleep through the night without uh, worrying about all our little babies out there and uh, no switching kidding. sprinklers on and off and different things. Yep. It's so nice. I used to have to go in and do it. Like I don't know whatever it was before. Like the first five years when we started the business, I'd be driving in at three in the morning and doing different stuff. It's so nice. I can do so much of it from my from my phone now. So. It definitely makes it a little bit easier. That's cool. I didn't yeah. realize that. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it makes it a lot easier. I can uh, set a lot of that stuff off and. Uh, oh, and technology. So yeah. No, and uh, it uh, try to make some of that phone time at least useful time instead of surfing TikTok <laughs> or something. <laughs> well, and you know what hasn't changed is the watering in here, which is kind of fun. And I know you like to do it. Um, also, yeah. but that's that's what we're doing this morning. The whole team is uh, downstairs watering right now. I was in myself watering for a bit, so getting everything ready for everybody because we're expecting a nice warm day again, thankfully. Yeah, it's perfect garden center weather, right? You stand at that 20 oh, degrees yeah. and the plants aren't drying out really quickly. <coughs> Excuse me. And it's just, it's good. It doesn't get too hot. It's not burning the plants. Um, it's, it's great true. for shopping. Uh-huh. And it's easy on the plants when people take them home, yeah. and and it's not the the drastic change right from a greenhouse to outside. For and sure, just fry yeah. them when they put them outside. So yeah, it's it's really nice that way. So it's awesome. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. now it's awesome. We're stoked for the weather today, and uh, we're just going to kind of get reorganized. We've been getting shipment after shipment, as you know, and we're going to continue to do that. So trying to make sure everything's organized for people so it's easy to shop around and uh, know where things are. Yeah, no, and uh, all of our good Alberta growers are bringing us all our great plants 
Absolutely. Um, two or three different spots here in Alberta. And uh, we do have a friend in BC who brings us some gorgeous plants as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we do try to we stick with our with our local uh, with our local growers as much as we can, and uh, and yeah, support them. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, it's been yeah. great. They've been very helpful, and it's really great to communicate. And the great thing too is meeting them. You know, having them nearby here, it's awesome. And scoop it up was hopping yesterday. Woof! Yes. <laughs> South Calgary's newest uh, ice cream shop and hot dog stand. It's, uh, it's the best place. Yeah, it yeah. was kind of fun seeing everybody, kind of the kiddos and adults, and uh, just taking a moment to have a break. And, and it is old-fashioned in a way. I know, you know. I think I might have my first black licorice ice cream today. So is I that right? One yet. Okay. I've been tempted no. to, and I just uh, I haven't done it. So, but today may be the day. You diving in? <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah. And the cookies, <laughs> Merle. Yes, and uh, a shout-out to uh, uh, Chef Ali and the team over at Centennial High School. Mm-hmm. Um, they're baking cookies for us to sell in our um, Scoop It Up. Scoop it up. Yeah. Um, so we have fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies from uh, the Centennial Culinary School. They do such a great job. I've followed them on, on some of the Instagram and different things like they learn butcher. They can do full catering Is and that different right? things. right? In the school? Yeah. 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 Huh. And it's Didn't so good that. for the kids because then they kind of understand the, uh, the economics of it as well. For so, sure. Um, so I, I love that. So when he brought us, well, he kind of he kind of sucked us in pretty easily though, right? <laughs> he brings a box <laughs> of freshly baked cookies yeah, into the store. That was, yeah. <laughs> okay, he could keep doing it's, that. It's fine. No, yeah. they were they were beautiful. I I quite enjoyed yes. those. So yeah. those are there as well. So yeah, yeah. go check it out. Um, so outside, can people plant outside yet? Um, well, for the most part, I am saying yes. So I'll take ownership of that. Um, but yeah. as you and I have discussed too, with a lot of our the t- more tender annuals, I would say no, just hold off on those. And even myself with the Black Eyed Susan vine or the Thumbergia, I've been bringing that in at night. My cannas I bring in at night, just with the frosty nights for sure. Um, a even lot of, some of the ornamental of grass, we got a couple of those got touched. Yeah, A bit of stuff that we left out that maybe we shouldn't have, they got touched up. And so you have to, there's some tender things out there, like even the king tack grasses, some of the ribbon grasses. Mm-hmm. Which I wasn't too sure. I thought they might be a little bit hardier, but well, the ones underneath they, Merle were, you know, the ones on the top yes. were definitely really exposed. But you know, with a little bit of protection and amongst each other, they seem to be fine. Um, yeah. But you're right. I think it's kind of hit or miss. And if you're really kind of married to those plants, which hopefully you are, because you love them, I would just, I would still take yeah. them in at night. Yeah, and all your impatience, begonias. This coming weekend, it looks like there's still a minus one or two. There is. I uh, saw coming that. in. So yeah. just be careful. Um, move your stuff. If you do have them in pots, make them so you can at least bring them in, wheel them into the garage or something like that. Um, what about a cover, Mark? Like what about a little sheet or something yeah, over yeah, top of the sheet? Yeah, the frost blankets we sell work really well um, just to cover it. Don't use plastic sheets. Mm-hmm. The plastic will um, conduct the cold into the plant. Um, and if you don't um, cover them, get up early in the morning like I was saying I used to have to do and go out and give your plants a quick spray of water uh, about uh, 5 in the morning and then again at 6 and 7. That sort of seems to be the coolest when we go right. down to the minus. So 
just you a know, little thin layer of water just gives it that protection. So. You also mentioned, I was listening to the podcast um, from last year, and you had talked about how to know in terms of uh, the type of plant that can't tolerate that. And so you were talking about um, the moisture in the leaves, right? So a hard one versus a soft one. Yeah, absolutely. So if you, if you, if you grab your, if you pinch a, a leaf off some of your annuals, and you squeeze it just on the stems and that, and water pours out, you see a little drip of water. Typically, those are the ones that cannot take any kind of frost. Mm-hmm. So those serfinas, that like the begonias and patience, a lot of those ones, you just pinch off that and you just squeeze it, and you'll see the water come out. Those are ones that just they just won't take any frost at all. So yeah, makes sense. We're still We're in there, that. Though. Yeah, we're still in that. It's only May fourteenth, right? <laughs> and. Oh, or May, okay. Yeah, May 14th. <laughs> is it 15th or 14th? Uh, 15th. Um, 15th today, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm already a day behind. I know. That's right. okay. We'll catch you up. But, yeah, we're ready to go. We're ready. Absolutely. And um, and as far as that, so we're still early, and typically we always say May long weekend, which is next weekend. That's going to be the cool weekend. Um, hopefully, uh, the way I look at forecasts is – is it looks bad right now, it gives it time to improve. So I'd rather that is look your bad strategy. now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. That's a good one. And also, um, just a little note, too. I know we, we slowed down on ordering tropical plants. Jess has been taking care of that. Um, and so we've been picking that back up, and Jess has been filling up the tropical greenhouse with more fresh inventory. So um, you can use those as annual planters as well. You can put them outside. But just so people know, because we still have our tropical plant fans, and they're looking for fresh stuff. Absolutely. And yeah. uh, out in the tree lot, Terry, we got some magnolia that is zone four. Ooh, nice. Beautiful pink um, lavender flower. Um, they are hardy and they should survive in our zone, but they just need that little extra care in mm-hmm. the fall. Mulched over, use bark mulch, water them in well, and a little bit of a sheltered location. And those um, should be fine. Watering them in well. But those beautiful, they have a big magnolia flower, oh, and they'll come out with wait. a little bit of a shiny leaf. Mm-hmm. So, interesting to see how those turn out here. So, so exciting. And then I yeah, hear you have. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you go ahead. Uh, you, I go ahead. Um, I hear you have yeah. a, a guest on that I uh, that I know a little bit later. I was yeah. just going to talk I about that really my, quick too. My knee ailment, and I had lots of people well wishing me and different uh, um, remedies to to solve it, but. I did go to the knee clinic, and they they are an advertiser on there, but I, I'm not. I don't get paid or nothing. So, no, um, and me I either, pay. Merle. Actually, and because that's um, that's how I met Doctor McDonald. Is he helped me out? I was gardening I, after he adjusted me back in the day, so he didn't work on my knees then. But um, I I was a garden maniac out there because I think that's what you guys are going to kind of touch on. Yeah, afterwards. he's going to give us some tips on on certain stretches, certain exercises that uh, you could do for your knee because. Um, he helped me out so much, so I asked mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Dale to come on and uh, share some of the tips with, with our gardening listeners. So uh, awesome. he's going to be on. And then also I have um, Deb from Deb's Greenhouse up in uh, up near Edmonton. Mm-hmm. And she she created a Alberta Garden Center map. So um, oh. so give you a, a way to tour all the garden centers in Alberta. And she really? covered from corner to corner to corner to corner. And uh, so she's going to share that with us. So we'll, we'll chat a little cool. about garden centers here in Alberta, oh. um, which will be, yeah, she's called, it's called the Alberta Greenhouse Drive Map. That is um, so cool. What about, like, what a fun way to spend a weekend. 
Yeah. No. Yeah. So, uh, so Deb's going to come on and she's going to share that with us as well. Awesome. And uh, we're going to fix your knees up. We'll answer all your other questions and we'll do uh, it all. And just keep we yeah, got, we do it all here. Got at, you covered, hey, Merle? Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, I should probably run and I should let you go. Get back to watering your petunias. Don't forget the back row. <laughs> Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. Thanks, Merle. All right. All right. Have Have a good good day. See you, Jen. Bye. Bye. All right. If you want to join me on the phone lines, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Coverage Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to go to Laura. Good morning, Laura. Hello. Hi, Laura. Yeah, I've got some Irish bulbs that I planted last spring and they didn't come up at all last year. Do I have to replant them or do I hope they come up this year? Um, You should see something already if they are going to come up. Irises are ones that pop up a little bit early so they should be showing some life um, by now. Um, Otherwise, I think you're probably going to have to pick up some new ones if if you're not seeing anything I am not having any luck with bulbs. Are they when in a I good first, sunny spot, or when I first got into this house, I planted a hundred bulbs out the front where the east sun comes, or the west. Yeah. Or, pardon me, the west, whatever. The sun shines on all afternoon, and one bulb came up. I really do don't have luck with bulbs. Do you have um, lots of squirrels or rabbits or that in your area? Uh, they're around, but my dog doesn't like them, so he chases them away. Okay, because they do love bulbs. Um, okay, so they love to get in and steal your bulbs and the like, the squirrels and rabbits and that especially. Like they they oh. love to dig them out and. Um, okay. So that could be an issue. Um, just ensure that you mm-hmm. water them really well. Like when you like early spring, like even right now, give them a really good shot of water. They may be just in there suffering a bit, so they may just need a little kick in the butt. Okay. And uh, put a big And if hose. they don't show up by the end of the month, then I'll replant. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, replant. Okay. Maybe just start with perennials instead. Like, um, uh, like a lot of the I'm perennials trying to, are I'm trying to go well. to annuals because okay. my mobility is getting to be a problem. So I'm trying to work with bulbs and annuals so I don't have to. Yeah, you, mean perennials. you mean perennials? Yeah, perennials. Pardon me. Yeah, yeah. So mo- a lot of perennials are bulbs. So, um, so you're on the right track. So you're you're doing that. But um, if you just get some, like in a spot like that, you could grow some really nice echinacea. The cone flowers do really well. I, you, you have a really good spot to grow good plants. Um, so I'd maybe even just look at starting with a few perennials that are already existing in pots. And uh, okay. that might that might help your success a bit. I have one other short question. Sure. Do you sell um, uh, Alberta wild rose plants? Um, we do get them in once in a while. Um, typically every year, yeah, we we get the 
the plant itself. It's not the like it doesn't produce that great. So it blooms early and then it's kind of done. Um, so it's not one that's sought after a ton. But we do we do bring in the native roses for sure. Okay. All right. You have to come down and visit. Absolutely. Thank you. Have a wonderful okay, thanks, day Laura. and enjoy gar- your gardening. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Okay, thanks, Laura. All right. I got a few texts that I'm going to go through really quickly here. Um, one says, good morning, Merle. We have a large spruce with one branch that is dying off at the end. How do I manage this? So when I see these big spruce like this, and it's producing lots of cones as well, so it typically tells me it's in stress, and there's a ton of dead in the middle of it. So what that spruce tree needs, it just needs a really good cleanup. So I'd give our pruned up guys a call. They'll get into the middle of that spruce tree. They'll go up right up the center of it. They'll clean out all the dead stuff. That increases the airflow. And and then after that, what I would do is get a good soaker hose, put it around the perimeter of the drip line of your spruce tree, and let the water go into that big boy for for six, seven hours at least um, once a week and uh, and then give it some fertilizer, some 301010 will help. It just looks like it's just been suffering. And our weather's been hard on a lot of those big spruce trees. It just haven't given the moisture that they need to to keep looking good. And especially in the city, it's uh, it's been a lot tougher on them with all our concrete and we shed all the water away. So bark mulch underneath our spruce trees, soaker hoses make a big difference. Um, so I would uh, I would just try and do that for sure. And I just find how dry it is. Like even my voice, I can just feel like the air is so dry right now. It's just it's so hard on and just the, all of our plants and that they definitely suffer um, within that as well. And got another text. Good morning, Merle. The weather is different in Calgary because we don't have the same four seasons as others. Ours are simple. Winter is winter is almost over. Summer is winter is almost here. And that's from Dave. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I, some days I don't disagree with you, Dave. Uh, I see that as well. He says, "Okay, good morning. I top dressed my lawn recently with screen loam. However, it has turned out lumpy and thick." In mud spots, how would you recommend facing fixing this situation? Well, what I'd do is just get in there with a good rake, one of those hard rectangle rakes, and just sort of pound it, put it flat, and just pack it that way. Sort of break it up with a rake, smooth it out, re-rake it, and if you need in some of those bare patches, a little bit of grass seed at that time, rake it in, and then use our greened up lawn fertilizer over top of of the whole lawn. And uh, that should definitely help. But if it's just sort of that thick and lumpy mud, just got to break it up with a rake and uh, and then rake it in a bit. And then that should definitely make a big difference on that. I'm going to take a quick break. If you want to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons. Phone line is wide open, 403-974-8255. I got a few texts. I'm going to go to the phone line first, though. We're going to go to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Yeah, good morning, Merle. 
how can they help you? Yeah, listen, um, um, I've got a real problem with, with bulls. Okay. Um, for the last three years, uh, I've had a, a big portion of my lawn where they've eaten the roots of the grass, completely killed the grass. So I reseeded every year because um, I wasn't sure what was going on. And in the next spring, same thing happened. Um, I hired a pest control company, and they put down traps uh, starting in the spring of last year. They were down all last year. And, and again, uh, the same things happened. Um, Are you near a green space? Yes, I'm near a park. Yeah, so a lot of that comes. And then it's if you maybe keep your grass a little bit long going into winter, um, they love that. So I call it sort of like the parkade for, for so as soon as we get that snow cover in December, when usually it should be earlier, but last couple of years we're not getting snow till December, and it's been sticking around all winter. So the whole grass is covered, so they can go under and they just go through all your grass and eat it up without being detected um, from the hawks and different predators, right? Yeah. Um, so if you keep your grass a little bit shorter in the fall, um, that makes a big difference. Um, you can use those bait traps as well. They work really good. That green, it has a green block of of mouse poison in there. Yes, that's that's what I'm using, yes. Yeah, so those work good. And have they been eaten up? Like when you look at the green blocks in the spring, yes, are they, they gone? Okay, so you know they're eating them. Yes. Um, so that that's the biggest thing is a deterrent for them is keep the grass shorter as well. Um, and use our green it up lawn fertilizer because this is why it makes a big difference. And I don't know if you are using it yet already or not, but no. it, it'll recover way quicker because you're going to develop a way, a bigger root system. And so when you get damage like that, it'll recover way quicker because it's going to have a root system. If you're fertilizing with the golf greens or some of the other box store stuff, it's all 30, 10 or it's 30, zero four or something like that. And it's all nitrogen, all up top. There's no root system. So it, it can't recover from wear and tear, um, damage like that, or drought. Um, but with ours, with the high middle number, we get those roots down nice and deep. It'll recover way quicker. Okay. Now, Merle, um, what, was, what, what, what would you suggest I do now? Because I'm thinking that if I, if I reseed again, I don't I'll, think I'll, I'll, I'll do the things you suggested. But if I reseed again... Um, I could be in the same boat next year, so I'm wondering yeah. if I if I need to completely uh, dig up the whole portion of lawn and put down sod. Um, is it uh, like when you're looking out there right now? Is there like you just sort of see little tunnels everywhere? You don't see tunnels. You see you know you don't see tunnels. You see big big patches, three, four, five, six feet uh, wide. Okay. And there, and that that whole area is completely, uh, completely, completely destroyed. Okay. Well, um, so what I would do myself, like, like how big of an area you're talking? Is it like a large backyard or smaller? no? It's a front yard, uh, and okay. it's an area about uh, it's about uh, twenty feet by twelve feet. Okay, so it's not a it's not a huge spot. So no. you got about 240 square feet. So yeah. like it's so it yeah, 
You might, yeah. It's probably just as easy to do that. Then I, I agree with you, Bob. There, maybe just just take that, get a sod cutter, just cut all the sod out, just rent one of those sod cutters, and just go through, cut it out, haul the the other stuff away, put down a little bit of fresh loam, put fresh sod down, and then just follow um, what I was saying before using our green up lawn fertilizer. Keep a little bit shorter going into fall, and then you should be a lot better off. Okay, Merle, just one more, just one more quick question. Um, because the um, everybody I talked to is can't figure out what the problem is. Like even the pest control people came yesterday and said that they don't think it's voles. <laughs> um, but I do have a big spruce tree, and I just heard you talking about spruce trees. Is it at all possible that the spruce tree could cause that? Oh, absolutely. If it's in, if it's right close to it or underneath it, absolutely. Okay, it's not close to it. It's it's on the other side of the driveway. Yeah, no, that wouldn't. If it's on the other side of the driveway, it wouldn't. It okay. could be this snow mold, though. If you're getting a big round patch, so now that you and now that you told me, so is it the side close to your driveway where you pile the snow? Yes, that's exactly okay, that's where it is. That's what's killing it. Okay, so we don't even have a vole problem. So we're gonna start over. That okay. will just recover. It, so just give it a really, really good raking. Yeah. Um, put a little bit of top dressing over top, a little bit of grass seed. But f- before you put that, that, sorry, before you put the top dressing, give it a good rake. Use our fertilizer. Give it a really good application of green it up. And then put your loam over top, a little bit of grass seed, and that should pop up. I've had the same thing if, I just, if we have excessive piles of snow that I need to, like over the winter time. It just, it just, it's just, that's just dead from the snow. So yeah, I, I think, I think that, I think that could very well be it. Cause I've noticed that spot after the snow, it's kind of got this, this spider yep. web effect over yeah, it. So you got snow mold in there. Okay. Okay. Yep, so good raking. So a little bit different application, really good, heavy raking, get down there, just give it a really good raking. The root should still be down there live. Hit it with the green it up lawn fertilizer, give it some really good watering, and you should start seeing some life come up there pretty quick. Um, grass is really durable. So, Okay, excellent. Well, right. thank you very much, Earl. This has been right. a longstanding problem for me, so I appreciate yeah, your help. Yeah, now that you tell me that, it's in the front yard by a driveway, and it's where you pile your snow, that's 100% what it is. Okay, excellent. All Thanks right. again. Thanks, Bob. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, that hopefully should help solve that for him. And I'm going to go to, where am I at for time? I should probably just take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons. Going to go right to the phone lines. And I do have a... Kim, Mim, and then Kim again. So I'm going to do Kim number one. Good morning, Kim. Hey, good morning. I was just calling. I understand that concept about putting the mulch underneath the spruce tree, but I'm just curious, does that also encourage more root leaf, more root lift under the tree when you've added mulch? No, what you're kind of doing is re, um, reestablishing the forest floor for spruce trees. Uh-huh. It just holds the moisture in. Because you know when you walk underneath, if you're in a heavily dense um, spruce tree forest. Yeah. It's really quite soft with all the needles over the years have packed in there. Okay. So you're just 
And it's just a good way to, when the needles fall down into their, they kind of mix in a little bit easier than if you have like black rock or your grass or it just, oh. it's a, just a little better way to mix with mother nature. Okay. I just wasn't sure if that was kind of incentivizing the roots to come to the surface for the moisture. Okay. Thanks. Take care. No. And then if you deep water, that's important too. Okay. All righty. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Kim. Yeah, that, uh, the key to with our spruce is, and all of our trees, um, even right now, is is that deep watering. Get out, put the soaker hoses on those things, and just do that slow, deep watering. It makes all the difference, especially for newly planted trees. Those tree bags are awesome. Soaker hoses are awesome. Just get the water down nice and deep. That little bit, filling up the tree well, um, the top one or two inches, it really just doesn't do a whole lot for it. And uh, so... We need to uh, do that slow, deep watering for sure. I'm going to go to Mim. Good morning, Mim. Morning. I have uh, have had this Japanese pea uh, plant in the garden front of the house, which faces west, and I didn't have any flowers on it for two years. So I took your advice and did the 1030. Yep. And I have some red coming up. Now, right now, should I be watering it? Yeah, you can give it a bit of water. Not a ton. Peonies don't like to be overly wet. Uh-huh. Um, and the Japanese peonies are always, they come up early and they bloom. They're the first ones, one of the first perennials to bloom. So it's good to see that it's blooming again for you. Yes. And so just a little bit, should I put the 1030 in the water and give it or just plain water? Water first. Yeah, water first and then fertilize. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Okay, and this only once before blooming, and then do that a couple times after it's finished blooming. And what you're doing by that, Mim, is you're re rebuilding the nutrients in the peony bulb so uh-huh. that it has those phosphate for next spring to produce the flowers. It needs those trace elements um, with the phosphate, and then that will encourage it to bloom again next year. Very good. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Mim. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Bye-bye. Yeah, those are a gorgeous plant, and uh, they're a love-hate at a garden center. And I don't like saying this, but um, people love stealing them. They're expensive. Like, they're about 80 bucks or something, $90. And people, it's it's amazing. I hate when that happens in the garden center. But um, it is what it is on some of those things that it, it goes and it, and it does happen here and there. I'm going to go to Kim number two. Good morning, Kim. Are you Hi, waiting Kim. for Kim Kim M? Yep, Kim. Hi, Kim. Kim M. Yeah, yep. I guess you had three Kims on the line, so we had no. To yeah, uh, Kim, Mim, and Kim. <laughs> okay. okay, okay. So Kim M, thanks, Merle, for taking my call. I know you guys are awfully busy, but I love your show, and you I have it. two. Two questions. Um, I've been doing over the years um, sculpted beds across the front areas, nice. um, and I did mulch that I seasoned left for two years so that it wasn't hot. So I've added my mulch. I've done my edging, and I transposed a um, what is classified a cherry. It's not the Saskatoon University cherries. It's it's the shrub, um, uh, sand cherry. I think it's called sand cherry. Purple leaf sand I, cherry? Yeah, I had it moved 
over two feet by with my son in the fall, and I've watered it well. I babied it, and it's not showing any signs of any swelling of the um, leaf nodes. Nothing. So I'm thinking, should I just give it a prune down to about six inches and hope yeah, for the best? Yeah, leaf sand cherry are notorious for lots of winter kill. Okay. Um, and I I don't recommend them a ton anymore. It can our yeah, landscape design. Yeah, I know they can sucker and yeah, I use, I use Diablo <laughs> nine barks. Yeah, I use a lot more than nine barks if I'm yep, looking for yep. for that purple color. But yeah, right. just cut them back, just cut it down to the ground and rejuvenate it. Hit okay. it with some ten fifty two ten or something like that, or the yeah Rage high plus. middle number high phosphorus. Yep. Yeah, or Rage Plus if you have that. Yeah, you know I'm I'm north of Strathmore by about a half yep. an hour, so you guys are a ways away for me to go, and I don't drive anymore, so it would be horse and carriage. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, we gotta. Well, make sure I save a spot for your horse and carriage when we pull. Yeah, up. yeah. Thanks. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I right. have another question if I can ask it. Did sure. you guys get any um, sweet potato sweet? Split thin yet? Not yet. They should be in within the next. They're they're pretty tender, so we're holding off to the last week in May to get those. Okay, understood. Now I know we get uh, some gorgeous warm temperatures here right through to about middle next week, and then it dips down. Would you say like I put out? I overwinter my geraniums, and I put them out in their like palm trees. <laughs> so I planted two of the geraniums in one of my planters and I'm kind of touch and go uh, the geraniums are they is it too early to put out the geraniums yeah I would be uh, before I plant them right into the ground in that in planters if you can move them inside Kim this coming weekend it looks like we could get some minus and if you're <laughs> Geraniums are really tender after being inside all winter. Um, yeah, you'll definitely need to uh, bring them in on those cool nights coming up. Okay. Well, when I used to work at the garden center, you know, I told people, I love to see you, and I love that you're spending your money, but don't plant until the first week of June, even. Yeah, we tell that a lot. But a lot of the plants are fine, like uh, a lot of like snapdragons and pansies and petunias. A lot yeah. of those can handle it pretty good. It's just so when you get would, to some of the other stuff. Would you classify them as cool weather, kind of like... Um, kale is cool weather. It's a cool yeah. weather. Kale, lettuce, kale's right? a lot harder, hardier than a geranium. So, right, right, okay. And All right, so thanks, I Kim. covered that, covered that, covered that. Um, so now that mulch and Epcor came and they trimmed all the willows near the um, electrical line, and so I I got them to leave it here and I seasoned it or let it rest for two two years. It, so, that should be yeah. fine. You can use that now if you want. Okay. And um, do you know if, um, you know, the country lilacs that most people make a wind wind barrier? Um, the Velocia or, lilac. Right? Yeah. Do you know if, if I had a friend who gave me a heritage heirloom um, rhubarb and, and I put it, just on the front of the bed thinking, I don't know where I'm going to put it, but 
those lilacs around where the rhubarb was are deader than a doornail. I'm not seeing yeah. any. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't hurt it at all. It should be fine. But I got to go. I got to okay. take a break here. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank Talk you. Talk to you soon. All right, yeah. I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to George. Good morning, George. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Um, I had a question. I'm noticing uh, over the past couple of years, uh, anthills just forming on our lawns, um, both mine and and my parents we live on different sides of the city is, is there like we've tried the the hot water and you know that whole that whole yeah. gig that uh just doesn't go and it's it's really rough like it's it's patchy so you get the big ant holes you can't you it hurts to walk on the grass itself yeah yeah they're underground there right yeah. Um, part of it is, do you tend to keep your lawn a little bit drier? Um, not not so. No, we. I mean, we've nope. got a, a irrigation system. Okay. Yeah. yeah, we do. There is a couple good. You could try the Ant Hotel. Okay. Um, and that is where you get yourself a like a like a black nursery pot. Those bigger, larger pots that the trees come in. Fill yeah. that with this loam. And okay. pack it in there nicely, and you put it over top of the where the ant hill is. Okay. And then a lot of times they'll they'll crawl into the bottom hole and they'll move in there because it's a lot warmer. Okay. And then How once that's you- full, you can move that away. Or there there is some like we do have some of the diatomaceous earth or some of the chemical stuff that you can use like ant out and some okay. sprays that you can use to. To, so to spray can, into the yeah, you can apply it over the like the the entire lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over top of the ant hill as best yeah. you can, and try and okay. find where you see it the most heavily populated. Yeah, but the ant hotel. I've had lots of people have good success with that, and then once they've moved into there, you can kind of just grab the whole pot and take it and move it out. And move it out. Okay, sounds good. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, or like I say, diatomaceous earth works pretty good. It makes it really uncomfortable. It's like a real okay. sharp sand. Just be careful when you're applying it. If it's a windy day, it's really sharp. You just don't want to get it in your eyes and that. So. Um, okay. okay. All right. Perfect. Thanks again. All right. Thanks, George. Take yeah, care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. You too. All right. And I'm probably just going to read a couple of texts because I got to take a break here pretty soon. Um. Hi, Merle. We have the split stem maple and an Ohio buckeye, and they're getting these black dots um, every spring. It's probably just a type of fungus. It, it doesn't look like it's hurting um, your your trees, John, per se, and a little bit environmental. Like you get those, they're really a soft leaf. And with our temperature changes, sometimes after a rain, it'll sit on there, and then all of a sudden you get a little bit of sun or really cold. We we tend to get um, spots on our leaves quite a bit here in Calgary, especially some of the softer leaves like Ohio Buckeye, Maples, especially when they first come out early spring. They're really soft. 
Um, and it could be a little bit of a fungus, but I would just treat it with, if you can get some pure spray green on there, um, give it a treatment of that or Bordeaux. And that is a fungicide that you could use on there. But for the most part, I, I really wouldn't worry a whole lot. Um, ensure that you're fertilizing your tree. It'll grow out of that. And it's just a little bit of this natural environmental damage from rain, heavier rain, maybe a little hail, um, the sun and water on those tender leaves. So that'll tend to happen on that as well. But right now I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to bring up a special guest, and her name is Deb, and she's from Deb's Greenhouse. Good morning, Deb. Hey, Merle. Good morning. How are you? Great. It's a sunny day. Garden centers are uh, bursting with plants, and uh, parking lots are full, so it's a great day. Yeah, we should be bumping today for sure. Um, yeah, so maybe you guys give us a quick little rundown about your garden center and where, where you're located. We'll we'll see if in any Calgarians. We have lots of people listening all over southern Alberta, so um, maybe sure, yeah. listen, you know, where we, you're at. We're a little bit farther north. We're just north of Edmonton, uh, located in Sturgeon County. It is it is called Deb's Greenhouse, and uh, just outside of Mournville, but we do get visitors definitely from your neck of the woods once in a while. Awesome. And yeah. so... Um, so what may, and then, so I know you're very active in the horticultural industry and social media and different things. Um, but so you created a, a, a map for Alberta to list all the garden centers. Yeah, I sure did. I, um, I made a Google map and it's full public access. Anyone can, and can access it. And, uh, right now we've got a hundred, 193 um, family-owned garden centers on the map, and they're all located in Alberta. Wow. Yeah, wow. and we're adding more all the time. I, I get messages all the time of uh, ones that maybe uh, I didn't know about that we're putting on the map. Though That's awesome. Because it, it, we get that a lot in Calgary where people will do, they call it the garden center tour. They'll yeah, get, absolutely. They'll go ask, they'll go to Vail, they go around, they assess Tomb Farm and spruce it up. They sort of do their tour and and hit all the different garden centers because everybody has something a little bit different too right so it's always good to check out other garden centers as well and uh and see what they have to offer yeah every garden center has something amazing and um as as garden center owners i mean we know that when we go on holidays we're always looking for new garden centers to visit it's it's very exciting (laughs) so i can only imagine how excited um our customers are to have access to this map as well isn't that true? Hey, eh? you travel, or if you're if you're on business even or whatever, and you're in Chicago, you see a garden center, you pull over, you turn, yeah, yeah. And I've got turn. four teenagers, and they're like, "No way, mom." <laughs> yeah, no, same. Yeah, I got a couple of teenagers, and um, they're both uh, kind of. And I know your kids are in the biz as well, working with yeah, you. Yeah, they are. And uh, and mine, and like even in Mexico, I. My son and I got uh, stuck down. They're not stuck down. We end up spending some more time. But we're in the parking lot. We're in this great big garden center in, in just outside of Puerto Vallarta. I'm sending <laughs> pictures back to the girls at the garden center. And, and it's, but it's amazing how uh, some of it is so much the same, but just different plants. And, and that's what I love when I go to visit different garden centers. So. Oh, absolutely. I always find a plant I've never seen before, and I just have to take it home with me. It's, it's a true joy. So um, about the map, though, 
for anyone to find the map, you could you could um, just search it on Google Maps on your app or on you know on your computer, your desktop. So what do you search? Do you just go Alberta Greenhouse Drive Map? Those four words. Okay. Um, otherwise, I do have a, a link on it uh, to it from my own website because the Google links are you know a series of random words and numbers. It's kind of hard to. Copy yeah, I know when but... I look at the top of it there, I have it up on my screen right now. Yeah, it's a, it's just a mishmash of code yeah, up there. So. Yeah, so um, and anyone is welcome to share the share the link. Any garden center can use the link on their own website if they want to. It's it's free public access. Um, but my my website is devsgreenhouse.com If you just want, um, if it's easier to find the link that way. Yeah, next time we're up in near Edmonton, we're definitely. I'm going to uh, make sure I come visit you because I've seen how you've grown and you've uh, and done a bunch of stuff over the last few years. I know you moved what two or three years ago into a uh, new gosh, spot. It's been longer than that. Yeah, we relocated 2016, so it's been a couple yeah. years. Yeah, wow. yeah, we do a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's amazing how fast it goes. So, anyways, that's awesome. Um, and anyways, thanks for for sharing this with us, Deb and. Uh, and if you guys are up near in Morinville, you said? Yeah, just outside of Morinville. Awesome. Go see Deb, and uh, she's at Deb's Greenhouse. Thanks a lot, Deb. Yeah, and uh, if anyone has, if anyone sees the map and wants a garden center added to it, they can uh, message me through Facebook or through my website. I'd be happy to add more garden centers to the map. Perfect. Thanks again, okay. Deb. Thanks, Meryl. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye now. All right. And uh, thanks to Deb for for doing that. She's uh, very active in the social media and in the horticultural industry. And just when I'm looking on the map, you just don't realize that when you get, especially into central Alberta, it's amazing how many garden centers there are, list little guys all over the place. So that's, that's a pretty cool thing. Right now, where I'm at for time, I still got a bit of time. I'm going to go to Bonnie. Good morning, Bonnie. Okay. Um, is Greg in? Okay, Hi. we'll go to Greg. Craig. Craig, yes. How are you? Hey, Craig. Hi. Hey, hey how can I help you? I plant potatoes. I cut them into two or three pieces, make sure there's eyes on each of them, and put them all a few inches apart in the same hole. Now, I heard that the dominant one's going to take over, and there's only one that's going to grow would i get more if i just put the whole potato in there or yeah i kind of read some about that the other day not to split them up so much like okay. um yeah so even if you put the whole one or just in half yeah. i know okay. my mom always cut them in half i remember seeing that like she'd be sort of do she didn't do any more than half though she'd get okay. ones with lots of eyes and then she'd split them and she'd just put one per hole and she'd okay. split them up and right. and, and we always had so many potatoes it was crazy so yeah, well, yeah we, we do too okay great thank you all right aren't they the best when they're just early on though those little oh, baby geez. ones uh, yeah oh yeah it's like uh, butter you, <laughs> yes yukon gold yes they're good and i'm amazed like i'd be i, I bet you there's 50 percent of the population that's never had a potato out of a garden like they, you get the ones at the store, but if you know anybody who has a garden, see if you can uh, get them to share some potatoes with you. Like, yeah, and, yeah, there's like there's no nothing comparison. better than yeah. than a homegrown tomato, so or potato. Potato, awesome for sure. All right, hey, thanks. Th thanks, Greg. Craig, take, take care. Bye. bye bye. All right, and where am I at for time? 
I'm still good. I'm going to go to Nancy. Good morning, Nancy. Hello. Hi, Nancy. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? How can I help good. you? Good. I have a fig tree that a neighbor of mine gave me, an Italian neighbor, um, nice. a couple of years ago. And I stepped it inside, and it was only about, oh, not even two feet tall. And now it has grown a lot. Um, this winter, it lost all its leaves, and I thought it was dead because I don't know anything about fig trees. And at the end of February, the leaves started to grow like crazy. And for the past few weeks, there's been one bud at the top, and nothing has happened. It hasn't grown, hasn't opened up, nothing. And I'm just wondering if there's something wrong with my tree. I mean, it's quite big now. I would say it's. Oh God! It's almost as tall as me, and then five feet seven. And are the leaves quite big on it, or are they little tiny, shiny leaves? Oh no, they're big. They're big. Okay, so it's a real fig. Okay, good. Because a lot of times, because we grow what we call a fig tree in the house is a is a ficus, and they're called a fig, and they have a little tiny, like a smaller, shiny leaf. But you have the real fig, yeah, and they will go. He- yeah, they he has. To go he has a. Oh, sorry. He has a couple of big ones in his greenhouse, and I tell you, I've tasted the figs. They're delicious. <laughs> yeah, so and was, they do need to go through that. They will lose their leaves, um, probably once a year because they need to go through that um, yeah. dormant period. So yeah, they do why, lose their leaves. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Why hasn't anything happened with that one little bud at um, the top? Um, the weeks. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not too sure. Part of it is, um, is it in lots of sun, full sun? Yeah, yeah. And then I started putting it outside. It's in a pot. I started putting it outside during the day when it got yeah. warmer. Yeah. So that I should don't be know. fine. Yeah, it could just be the final bud setting bud for next year, too. Because sometimes, like, when they, like, you know, like when you'll see a lilac or when something leaves out, they'll still set bud, and that's for the oh. next year. Oh, so it's, so it's okay if it's not growing. Yeah, right if now? the rest of it all looks healthy and yeah. and it, it sent out its leaves, um, so it could be setting bud to produce the fruit as well, right? Okay, okay. Well, then I'm not going to worry about it. And <laughs> feed it fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. Um, that'll help build the phosphate and help produce some fruit. Okay. And uh, and hopefully that works for you. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, we'll hit the phone lines again. I got Don and Kathy on there, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Coyote's Year-Round Full-Service Garden Center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I got a special guest who uh, he'll have you covered when it comes to your knee joints. We're going to pull up Dr. Dale. Good morning, Dale. Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great and uh, definitely a lot better, and I, I shared my my story uh here on with my listeners and uh people that uh, call in and we chat all the time about my knee ailments and uh and just how how good it went when i went to visit you guys down at the knee clinic 
And uh, when we chatted the other day, you were, you were saying you get all kinds of questions at this time of year, and you, you work on on some different exercises or stretches or different things for gardeners. That's a very good point. And yeah, of course, this time of year brings out the best in everybody when the green uh, grass starts to come and, and all the plants start to come uh, back. People are very keen to get back into their gardens. And uh, obviously, there are a few things that uh, we would sort of advise patients or people to take uh, take heed uh, before they get back out in their garden. Um, after a long winter, a lot of us aren't as active as we really should be. And yeah, so we definitely. have a tendency to go from zero to hero all at once, you know, <laughs> from not doing too much to uh, going full blast. And, and I yep. see the consequences of, of these sorts of actions in my clinic uh, literally on a daily basis. Uh, the best advice that I think I could give your listeners, uh, first and foremost, uh, is to try to find a way to warm up uh, before you garden. And that sounds ridiculous if you think about uh, uh, gardening as an athletic endeavor. Uh, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But as we get older, it becomes more important to try to warm up the joints before we put, put them or load them uh, into challenging situations. And gardening is nothing if not a slew of challenging positions uh, for our knees and other uh, lower joints of our ankles, hips, and lower back. Absolutely, Dale. And actually, our uh, our landscape uh, manager, Luke, he has the guys stretch every morning before they get going on the job site. They do a yeah. quick stretch. Um, so all the guys on the landscape crew out there doing like a, a yoga thing and work boots. But they yeah. all do the stretches, and, but it makes a big difference, and they all keep doing it, so it's great. Well, that's a very good point. And so there's there's uh, two different ways to sort of stretch. We can think about static stretching, which would be the um, uh, the yoga poses and, and you know, good old-fashioned normal stretch. Yeah. Uh, but I would also advocate dynamic stretching where you're actually running on the spot a little bit or doing some jumping okay. jacks a little bit. You know, again, looks a little funny yeah. in your yard, but uh, it really helps to do a couple of things. It, it warms up uh, the joints and muscles through their functional range of motion. So it gets you actually moving the joint, whereas a static stretch, you're just holding the joint in one spot. Yeah, okay. And it also warms up the muscles by getting more blood supply going. So it actually allows you to warm up truly from the inside out. Uh, okay. And uh, yeah, dynamic drills are, are really where it's at. Leg swings, jumping jacks, running on the spot or marching on the spot a little bit just to help okay. get the joint to go through its full range of motion. No, and I just noticed like in the spring when I get to get back on my bike, it makes a big difference just pedaling and my knee just loves it. Like it just feels yeah. so much better after I get just, like I said, moving the joint more and more and more, it gets better throughout the season. So Yeah, in, in, in movement there is life, right? Our, our bodies are designed to move and uh, early spring, uh, even late May, uh, maybe some of us just haven't been moving as much uh, as we would want to over the span of the winter. So I think you just have to have humble expectations at the beginning and try not to overdo it too quickly. And then there are also some of the easy things that people can do, you know, using knee pads or using those, um, you know, knee cushions uh, when you're going to be down on your knees uh, gardening, uh, being careful with the way you're getting up. You know, obviously, if you can have a, a pole or a, or a little uh, stake or something that you can lean onto to help uh, get you up, you do decrease the magnitude of compressive load onto the knee joint. Uh, okay. And that's a, a, just another sort of uh, thing that can help prolong your gardening season. Um, and then I would say also plant and twist maneuvers. I suppose that's a pun for a, a gardening show, uh, but plant <laughs> and twist uh, on a Sunday morning. Be careful uh, uh, with plant and twist maneuvers. There's a structure in our knee called the meniscus. And when you're a child, your meniscus is 93% comprised of water. It's very well hydrated. And so you can tumble around and do all sorts of things. 
But as we get older, we start to have less hydration levels in most parts of our body, and the meniscus is no exception to that. And so as it starts to dry out, it becomes more susceptible to tearing or or, uh, getting some sort of degenerative change to it. Plant and twist maneuvers are a great way to aggravate a meniscus. So be cautious with plant and twist. Okay, cool. And I'll just and one thing I was very impressed with your clinic, um, and I was in there. Um, there was an end game. Like it wasn't just keep coming for set me on a program. We'll see you every Wednesday for the next eighteen months. Like Great. it was a th- three or four week plan. You should be getting a lot better by then, and then you won't, we won't have to come to see you. I, I, I was I really appreciate that because I've been involved in some other things where the end game is to keep you coming in there every every month and keep coming and yeah, coming and coming. Yeah. Well, the truth, so the truth I did is appreciate it. Well, you're, you're very welcome. I mean, the whole mandate of our clinic is to be able to find ways to allow our patients to continue doing the things that they're passionate about. And if we do a good yep. enough job of setting you up for success to keep gardening, for example, um, then word will spread and we'll be busier than we ever need to be uh, without having patients uh, having to come back. There's 1.2 million Calgarians. A lot of them garden. Uh, there's no shortage of, of uh, a bad, uh, knees, bad out knees around. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because I went from and um, and Dr. Kamali, he like I was sort of thinking I needed knee replacement. Is sort of what one place told me, mm-hmm. and he, he goes, "No, no, no. We're going to get you five to ten more years out of your knee." And it's, so it's a big it's a big part of of how we uh, how we can. Uh, uh, give patients uh, more conservative options. Uh, very quickly, uh, in public health care, you go from you know the initial visit to your family doctor to an x-ray and then uh, a very long wait time to get a surgical consult. But there are a slew of different conservative options that exist between yep. doing nothing and having a knee replacement. And so our clinic focuses on trying to make sure that we're taking the patient through the stepwise progression from most conservative options first and progressively yep. going on to more invasive options if we need to. And yep. it's, it's amazing how often we can get a patient off the surgical list and actually get them back to, you know, some semblance of, of having a decent knee. Well, we I was 90% there, and yeah. honestly, I feel 100%, like 500% well, better. So yeah. I'm I'm fortunate that it, and I'm sure not everybody has the same True. result, but but uh, if we can do that for, for our gardeners and get out there so they can enjoy the gardening a bit more, that's, yep. that's awesome. There's three pillars in the, in the approach to care for a knee that may be relevant for your listeners. Uh, that is to make sure that you're having an accurate diagnosis. A lot of people go around with a knee injury or a, or a bad knee having never had it actually technically diagnosed by somebody who's you know, an expert with knees. So getting a proper diagnosis, making sure you're treating the actual problem first. The second yep. big thing, and this is the one where patients really have to play a big role, is to strengthen. It'd be my, my sort of, um, you know, if I could have one wish for the world, it would be that everybody gets stronger. Because if all your listeners just were physically stronger, if they just had stronger leg muscles, their knees wouldn't be as bad. Because strength okay. creates stability, and stability creates less pain. And then thirdly, avoidance or modification of offending activities. And that's where we're careful getting up off the ground, careful with plant and twist, making sure you're wearing good shoes, uh, like actual shoes that have some real shock absorption, and uh, even using the knee pads when you're kneeling down. 
Absolutely. And I like I'm at that point where I feel like I can run down the stairs, but I make a conscious effort of not doing it yet. Because sure. I just for wisdom, I want to blow it out right now, right? I feel yeah. I can do it, but I, I just still pace myself going down and uh until I it's probably till next week and then when I'm going crazy at the garden center I'll run down there. <laughs> no, yeah, well yeah. yeah, you'll have to at that stage. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a combination of, of uh, patience to allow the the different treatments to take hold, and you know we've got things from uh, knee braces to uh, injection options, uh, and not just corticosteroids, but there's a lot of different injection options that exist that can help to regrow cartilage, for example, within a joint, or can help to lubricate a joint or decrease inflammation. But it's got to be patience to allow those interventions to work, and persistence with strengthening. Those two awesome. things are are critically important. Awesome. Well, I got to go, Dale. So I appreciate your time on a Sunday morning. And uh, I know I had a few people calling in asking where I went to different things. So I thought I'd bring the man himself in with the knee clinic and uh, and share uh, with it. So if you guys need help, where can they find you? Thank you. Yeah, I'll give you the plug here. It's it's uh, kneeclinic.ca. Yep. We're the only yep. private knee clinic in the whole province. And um, the phone number is 403-457-KNEE. So 403-457-5633. Perfect. Thanks a lot, Dale. Take care. Thank you so much. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I got to take a break, and we'll get back to gardening after the break here on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs going to go right to the phone lines. Thanks for your patience. We're going to go to Don. Good morning, Don. Hey, good morning. Thanks for your great show. Thank you. Uh, I have a couple of questions. One, uh, the question is about carrots. Over the last Jay. couple of years, we have been growing carrots in a particular area, and often they've been quite sweet. Last year, for some reason, they grew well, produced well, but a little flatter taste to them. Any tips uh, uh, on? Yeah, a lot of that was to do with the weather. We had a lot hotter summer, and when the oh. when when we get the hot weather, that that uses up a lot of the sugar in the plants. So also the time of harvest. Try and harvest after a really cool night or like a good rainstorm, like where it's cool. That okay. builds the sweetness up in the carrots. If you okay. harvest on a real hot day, um, they'll, they won't taste as sweet for sure. Um, okay. And that, that is a lot of it is, is really the timing and, uh, and, and doing it on the cool. Because then on those cool days, the sugar builds back up into the fruit and into the veggie there. And on those warm days, it uses up the sugar. So, okay, um, I'm not sure if you have a or another quick question. Yeah, by all means, go ahead. Oh, uh, I had a honeycrisp apple in my yard that was probably about five to seven years old. Last okay. year, seeing very poor leaves, very small production of flowers, and the fruit was really small. This year, it's not coming to life. I'm not sure if it will, but. Some of the stuff is a little bit late. Um, I know a lot of the fruit trees, like I'm even looking at my aspens in my front yard, and they haven't even, like they're just pushing their butt, and the Schubert has come out. Um, I haven't, a lot of the apples and the fruit trees still haven't budded or sent out their blooms yet. So I'd just be patient. I would I would give that a really good soak with a good, like put a soak hose around it and give oh. it a couple of shots of 15, 30, 15. Okay. Something with a high middle number or ten fifty two ten if you have that or fifteen thirty fifteen. Um, okay, that really builds the phosphate up, so that encourages the blooming and then also encourages the fruit. Okay, appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, 
it just it's been so dry over the last couple of years. They just a lot of our trees and shrubs are just lacking that that slow deep watering. So you should hopefully that should help for sure. Okay. Thanks. All right. All right. Thanks, Don. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. All right. I'm gonna go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Hi, Mo. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How can I help you? So I have a question. I'm growing a vegetable garden. And I want it to be organic. Do I have to use fertilizer? Um, you don't have to use fertilizer. So you can use like the we have organic fertilizers that are certified Omri. Um, so like the Rage Plus, um, a lot of the Evolve products. Our groundskeeper's Pride, I believe, is Omri certified as well, and it's a vegetable fertilizer that you can sprinkle in there and and use that. But you don't have to. You can replenish with composts and and different things like that as well. Okay. And how often do I need to replace my soil? And uh, I just wanted to know more about that. Uh, Are you doing day. it in the ground? Are yeah. you doing it in the ground or? Yeah, the I have soil in there, but it's old. It's twenty years old in my vegetable garden. Do I need to replenish it? Yeah, you do, and uh, and I think I know uh, we're kind of digging for something, and I'm going to go for it. I'm going to I'm going to let you do this to me. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to give you the big yellow bag. Awesome! Have... <laughs> I love it. All right, you were fishing, and I like it. So... I was fishing. <laughs> I, I can tell a little bit. And you That's bit. Okay. I bet, I bet. So that's good. Perfect. Uh, all right. So, and our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply are going to bring you one of those beautiful big yellow bags. Perfect. And and you'll be able to pick a a garden mix that you like, and uh, and that will definitely help out that uh, your garden area for sure. So replenishing, um, it does like every like if you just keep adding to it, you don't never need to really replace. I always just say adding or amending it um, is usually the way to go. So Okay, that's good. That's helpful to know. Okay, Kathy, I'm going to put you on hold. Tony's going to get your uh, name and number, and we'll get that truck on its way over to your house with that big yellow bag from our good friends at Eagle Landscape Supply. Thanks so much, Merle. I appreciate it. All right. I got to pull that hook out of my mouth. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Bye, Kathy. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. All right. I like that. That's uh, it's always fun. And I'm going to go to Sue. Good morning, Sue. Yes. Hi, Sue. How can I help you? Good. I have a, a Schubert in my backyard here, and it's half uh, leaved out. Is it too early to start spraying it? Um, what are you going to spray it for? Well, I always have black mold on it, or mo- the leaves all get moldy. And okay. I was just wondering, I could maybe use melatonin or something, or is that too strong? No, yeah, that that's an insecticide, so it oh. won't really do anything for the fungus. So what you want to do is, is Pure Spray Green would be a product that you could use on it. Okay. Um, and that would help with the fungus. But the best thing, too, is it, are you getting that black knot on your Schubert? Uh, we uh, Well, we always cut it out. Okay. We just take the branch off, or else we just uh, dig it out, and and that's you know it, it's under control that way. Yeah, for sure. Just make sure you rinse your pruners off every time you do that, mm-hmm. and just and don't burn that. Just wrap it up the the stuff that you cut off and put it in the garbage. 
Okay, now, spraying, do I, it just once a year, do I, or is it too early to yeah, spray? No, right now is the perfect time. It's just leafing out, doing all that. Right now is a perfect time to do that. And spruce gray, green? Pure spray green. Pure, okay. And yeah. what about my apple tree? She's blooming now, too. Is that too late to... Because so that one you that one you'd want to use copper spray, but if you if you don't have any problems, I wouldn't really worry too much. But if you want to treat it with a copper spray, you could. The aphids always come on the apple. Okay, pure spray green can you can use that for that, but only until when you see the apple, until you see the aphids. Um, so you, when you see them, you'll spray them. Like if you've seen them today, you'd spray today, spray again in five days, and then spray again in another five days. Okay, and for um, the mold, how often should I spray? I would do it just three times. Do it three times in a row, like sort of do it, wait four or five days, do it again, and then one more time. Okay. Okay. Thank you very All much. Right. All right. Thanks, Sue. Bye. Or Kathy. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to go for a break, actually. And uh, when I get back... We'll we'll hit the phone lines again. Phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Dawn. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning. How can I help you? A couple questions. One is uh, dirt for pots and planters, mostly pots. I've done annuals, baskets, veggies, and I've gotten veggie soil in the past, a couple others. Um, What's the best thing? So I'm only going to get one truckload when I go, and I do like um, Eagle Lake. So we've been doing that for a long time. Um, I'll go with the lightest mix. If you if you're doing bulk, um, for the most part in pots, I do prefer more of the lighter bag stuff, like the potting soil. Okay, you mentioned that a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. It just I find when I use the potting soil like in for flowers, it just they do so much better. And then I usually just remove the top third and then replenish that. So the first year you're going to fill it up with a lot more. Okay. Um, but the second and third, I just remove sort of like the top third, put new soil in the top, and then that usually works great that way. Okay. I just They just do so much better. I've used regular garden soil in planters and then in and then use potting soil, and then the plants just do a lot better in a potting soil in, yeah. in raising. But in well, your ground, there's nothing better. Like the good garden soil is great. Okay. Yeah, it got it almost turned clay in the pots. Yeah, that's why I don't like using it yeah. in, in yeah. our soil is so heavy unless you're getting really good. And most time if you're getting a blended soil, it's gonna be blended with a whole bunch of um like potting either peat moss or mushroom manure or something okay. else anyways. So I just start like we blend it up. We have a and ours is blended just up just um just in central Alberta. Um, the spruce it up mix that we get, we get mm-hmm. it so it's locally blended, and it's a great mix and it's a good all-purpose mix and that we that we did up for for planters. You could use it in your veggie pots, um, your flower pots, everything. And you've got that in bulk. No, we don't have it in bulk. Unfortunately, we just okay. have it in bags. 
Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Um, and I'll use the sea soil and the city compost in the garden just to top Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How is the city? So- did you get your compost this year? Or I did. Yeah, I got it How a week ago. It? It's in the back of the truck. It, How it is was, it? It was really heavy and wet when I picked it up. Okay. But I haven't. I haven't put it anywhere, so I really okay. can't. Okay. Yeah, tell. I've heard usually good things about it, so it should be good. So. Yeah, our neighbor did it last year. Second question. Uh, we have a willow tree that's about oh, over 50 years old. Um, because of it's so massive, we had you guys come out and um, top it off at the top. I know we weren't supposed to do that, but we we sort of said this. We don't. We didn't have any choice. So that was about yep. five or six years ago. It came back crazy, beautiful umbrella. Um, yep. But now it's huge again. And last year, the leaves really through the whole summer were yellow and following off. I mean, yeah, not it, all the it was leaves. just because it was so dry. Last year okay. was a dry. So the if your willow's not getting enough water, it'll start going yellow early midsummer to late summer. Okay. And, and that's just... Willows preferred a little bit moisture, so what I would ensure, if you don't have bark mulch underneath it, I'd put mulch underneath it. It definitely makes a big difference for the willow. keeps their roots cool as well okay. and moist. Um, yeah. Have you done your spring cleanup yet? Um, yeah, mostly. Okay. I was just going to see if you, would you like a $100 gift card for 1-800-GOT-JUNK? Would you sure. be able to use that? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, we'll help you finish up your cleanup. We'll clean we can up your always yard for find you. junk around here. <laughs> awesome, and, and and there's no one no one better than the guys at one eight hundred got junk, and they'll haul that away for you. So we're gonna give Dawn a hundred dollar gift card to get her going. That's on awesome. That, so. And I'm gonna reach out to Mark and get a quote on. Uh, I think he's our neighbor. We're in Willow Park, so I'm gonna yep. get him to give us a quote on a on an aspen that's between ours and our neighbor's house as well. So okay. He'd be happy to do that for you. But I'll just put you on hold, Don, and uh, Tony will get your name and number, and we'll get you that gift card from our good friends at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and we're going to help Don clean up her yard a bit more. All right. That's great. Thanks. Love your show. Thanks, Don. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break, and when I get back, I should be able to get through the rest of the callers. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. How can I help you? Merle, how's it going, man? It's this going is, really good, actually. Doug the Ant Guy calling, and uh, I was glad awesome. to hear you uh, instructing the uh, gentleman on the, uh, the Ant Hotel a while back. Yeah. Have you had to, to use your... Is, uh, put a heavy cover on it so it stays dark and dry in there. Okay. So would you like just... Like put a like a plastic like a garbage bag over top or well, or something. Anything that's not going to blow off. It's going to keep the water out and sort of keep it nice and dry. Because if it gets wet, you know what? They just go back to the basement and and yeah, and that's defeats the purpose, <laughs> right? They want that nice, dry, warm hotel Absolutely. up there, right? And dark, yeah. Okay. Cool. So, question, well, um, actually, I got. I got two questions. You know what? I know you're running out of time. I'm going to save one for next week, and that's sort of like. I think some of your listeners will be really interested in this story. But okay. today's story is going to be about hydrangea. Okay. I was gifted some last summer, and it looks to be 
um, two different types. So okay. I'm uh, not sure one. What, one of them looks like it's the new growth is coming from out of the ground at the base. And yeah, the and that's an like Annabelle. Coming off the old stems. Yeah, the Annabelle comes up from the base. Okay. And and the other one would probably be a quick fire or a limelight. Um, and there, there's two different types. There's the wood one, and I think it's called the Panicula, Panicula or whatever. Um, and the other one, the Annabelle, it, and it comes from the root every season. So you typically cut those right down to the ground, and it'll come up from the bottom. Oh, you do? Hey, okay. Awesome. Yep. And and I can plant those sort of uh, in between. I was going to do peony and, and hydrangea, sort of alternate them across, the, across the garden. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. And I would stick the peonies a bit more in the background, like maybe do a section of them. Because once they're done blooming, they're kind of, eh, right? <laughs> Like, and they're beautiful when they do bloom for that two or three weeks. But then when they're done, they don't really do much. Um, where your where your your Annabelles and the other hydrangea will give you those blooms all summer long. I gotcha. Okay. So just plan that when you're doing it. Like, don't make the peonies the focal point. Make them kind of the background, so you'll you'll see the gorgeous blooms and the and the foliage. But then let them die back into the background. And so I typically always put them on my second row behind a couple things and and then let them come up give the show but then they sort of fade back into the garden oh i appreciate that that's awesome no that's it i i did put one of the peony in the ground last year and it's it's coming up so should i wait till till this fall to to move it then yeah if, if it's just up a little bit you could move it right now because i find if they're actively growing they actually move a little bit better just try to pull it up and get it keep the root as solid as possible and don't plant it any deeper or shallower. Plant it at the exact same, same um, level. Yeah, they don't like being moved. So I would do it earlier than, than later and then give it a little shot of that 15, 30, 15 or, or Mike's or the Rage Plus or something after you do it. Awesome. I'll do that. Appreciate that. All right. I'll, uh, I'll call in uh, next, week, next uh, week a little earlier, and I think you'll be interested to hear this story. Um, Love to hear it. It, it, Thanks. It, it, it involves our illustrious city. <laughs> All right. I can't wait. Thanks, Sounds Doug. good. Have a great week, Merle. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Awesome. And I'm going to go to George. Good morning, George. Hey, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Hey, quick question. This one's worked for my buddy, Greg Cullens. Uh, when I cut the lawn, how long should I be leaving the grass? Um, Inch, two inches, three inches? Yeah, sort of inch and a half to two inch is a is a good height. Um, a lot of people love the two inch height. Um, sort of depends. Um, like I like it a little bit tighter. Like I like the inch and a half sort of thing. Um, so like a just, centimeter, two centimeters. That's way too short, right? Yeah, way too short. Unless okay, you got so. a golf green and you're doing that bent grass and and uh, and then we're doing some putting in your backyard, then that's different. But yeah, fair enough. You could. Sounds like, sounds like you've settled a, 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 an ongoing dispute in our household as to how long to keep the <laughs> keep the grass between uh, between uh, Greg there Collins and uh, George here. Uh, All right, it's been ongoing. It's been a war that you've just settled. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully, some there's some good winning, winnings there for somebody. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll touch base with you in a week or two. Let you know how it's going. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, take Merle. care. All right. Take care. Bye bye. I love that. That's funny. All right. Let's go to Ella. Good morning, Ella. Yes. Good morning. 
I have a question, probably just like everybody else. I have a sour cherry tree. Last year, it was loaded with flowers. It was so beautiful. And then there were um, a fruits formed. But after a while, some of those turned yellow and fell off. And I wonder what you think the problem was. Um, I, my, myself, what I would think is it, it's just last year with it being so warm, uh, some of the fruit would suffer and things like that. So ensuring that they get good watering and, and using a good bark mulch in some of your beds with the fruit. It, again, it helps retain the moisture, okay. keeps the heat consistent. For a lot of the fruit, when we get that hot and then our nights still get cool, it's hard on a lot of that our fruit producing plants. Yeah, somehow I thought that maybe it got too much uh, water. Maybe it was raining at the same time, or I watered yeah. it too much. I wouldn't think so. It didn't sound like to me. It sounded like probably just probably run a little bit too dry with the heat. Okay, on that. Yeah, yeah. I did also fertilize it. Okay, and only fertilize after you water. That, well, that's the course, one main yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I try uh, to make sure of that. Now, I have another question. I have collected these eggshells. I wonder which plants would like it. it it's good in most of your soil. Just don't overdo it. Just so, mix it into your, like, into the garden anywhere. They, they It's great. It's great. Okay. Yep. Good. Thank you. Perfect. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. I think I can do Tracy really quickly here. Okay. Actually, I won't worry about Tracy because she's, uh, she's gone for now. Um, Again, watch the frost come up. If you are doing any planting coming up, there, there's talk of some frost next week on Thursday, Friday. Frost blankets if it's in the ground. If not, have your pots a little bit mobile. And uh, we'll be here right next week, right here on 770 right CHQR, getting our garden on. Till then.